Welcome to the next best podcast with your hosts, Chris Cashman. 24 years old, a former sheet metal worker, Mr. America, and twice Mr. Universe. And Chris Daniels. Time Magazine even named him Person of the Century. Now, from the CNC Podcast Factory, here's the next best podcast. No longer misleading, we are actually coming to you from the CNC Podcast Studio. Chris, in fact, will you close that curtain behind you? We oh, now have you a privacy close curtain. It? Okay. Close it. Privacy curtain. It's also for soundproofing here. Uh, don't let all of this sunshine fool you, especially if you're in the greater Seattle area. There's still a dark cloud hanging over this entire Sonics Arena debate. Can it's we been... call it a debate, Chris? Because it's feeling awful lot like last fall. It's, it's feeling a little political because now you've got these different parties involved no longer just proposing what their plan is under my plan. But they're now coming out and saying, "No, have you seen theirs? Theirs is not, that's a bad one. Oh, there's a lot of finger pointing. You don't want yep. that one. So yep. we're going to get to that because you had an exclusive this week in a minute. We want to talk about something cool that you were a part of down on the Seattle waterfront that featured some rather prominent people, including some Sonic greats. Yeah, there was a special event on the waterfront for the Special Olympics 2018 USA Games that are coming to Seattle, the Seattle area. July of 2018. Right. Uh, big event, and they're doing some fundraising. They had a event on the waterfront to ride the Great Wheel with a lot of celebrities. Local celebrities. Yeah. Celebrities is a loose term when you talk about No, me. it's not a loose term. You're just saying uh, that because <laughs> you were amongst royalty. Yeah, so Jim by Zorn. default, you have to look in the mirror and go, wait a minute. Gary Payton, Jim Zorn. I saw Marshawn Lynch. Beast Mode showed up. So I, I, I want to tell the story about Marshawn. It, it, it was interesting that he had been promoted as being part of of this event months in advance, and that was well before he had signed with the Oakland Raiders. So there were a lot of people wondering, is Marshawn Lynch really going to show up right. to this on the waterfront? Yeah. Uh, there hadn't been any communication with Marshawn in the, the days and weeks. Has there ever been it. communication and, with Marshawn? And so ever? a lot of people, the organizers thought, well, you know, uh, I don't I don't know if Marshawn's going to, you know, we probably shouldn't promote that. He's going to really be at this thing. And However, it was sold out, I noticed. And it was sold his... out immediately when uh, yeah. the, the tickets went on sale. Well, last night, uh, as we walked around there on the waterfront and waited for people to, to show up, right on time, Marshawn Lynch comes walking through the door. <laughs> and, and to his credit, he posed with every Special Olympics athlete that was there. He didn't really talk to any of the assembled media or any of the other celebrities. He might have shaken hands with a couple of people, but he was there to be with the Special Olympics athletes. It was actually quite yeah. touching to see. Uh, and, and just hung out with them during the course of this event before he then turned around and went back to Oakland. I think the, the Raiders had even posted yesterday that he was down at OTAs, down at the wow. headquarters in Oakland. So that's why we thought, no, there, there's no way he's going right. to be here. And, and one of the organizers said uh, that, that she got a mysterious phone call the day before the event from an Oakland area code, and she answered it, and the person on the other end said, Six o'clock, right? She said, uh, <laughs> yeah. And the person on the other end said, this is Marshawn, I'll be there. I mean, just wow. it, it just sums up, I mean, all this stuff that we've known for years about how just different right. Marshawn Lynch sure. is. But still came back to Seattle, still made the appearance, and, and 
put a lot of smiles on people's faces. Last He's time. all about that action, boss. He is is it true that, that he arrived by water? The rumors online was that he had showed up by the water that he walked, that the sea parted. <laughs> Elliott Bay, it opened up, and he just walked in. No, I saw the photos online, and I thought it was great because a lot of people posed with photos. It would be somebody with Gary Payton, yep. and everybody wanted their cameo. But every photo that included Marshawn was not a photo with Marshawn. It was a photo of Marshawn hanging out with the athletes, which, which I is, thought was really cool. Which is what he was there to right. do, and, and I, I think you have to tip your cap to him that he, he yeah. fulfilled – the obligation he probably made the commitment months ago, uh, and and despite the total silence leading up to it, he still showed up and, yeah. and still put a lot of smiles on faces. And Gary Payton was there uh, as well, uh, who was a Seattle legend. It was kind of all of these legends that you could ride the wheel with: Jim right. Zorn, Steve Largent, uh, Ray Roberts, who played for the Seahawks, uh, a lot of soccer players. Uh, really, every sport was represented, right. and, and then there was guys like me there too. But uh, <laughs> Gary Payton was there, and and, and really kind of making the rounds. How many and, buyers did you get, by the way? Because this I had was a, the thing that you had to buy yes. into, right? It wasn't. Uh, we don't even need to talk about the money, but it was not cheap to pay for the opportunity to ride with no. a legend of your choice. And I know going into it, you were very nervous because you thought this is unfair. Beast mode, Payton, Zorn. Chris Daniels. Chris Daniels. Uh, I actually had a couple people that paid to, to ride. Yeah, all right. So, uh, I was I was pretty happy about that. You didn't and even notice it was me in a mustache. No, <laughs> I convinced you. You're my favorite. I don't care much for the other fellas. But uh, yeah, Gary Payton was there, and and he's still optimistic as Gary Payton GP is anytime he comes to Seattle yeah. that the NBA is coming back to Seattle soon. So you did. That was a topic. Yes. In, in the brief uh, conversation I had with him, he's still confident. Still doing a lot with the NBA. Still uh, going back and forth to the NBA Finals, and says he is confident that the NBA will return soon and that the NBA wants to come back to Seattle. From a fan perspective, of course, it's frustrating. We all commiserate over not having a team. It's got to be an unusual pain for these athletes, somebody like a Gary Payton, who is most known for his days with the Sonics, Sean Kemp, who we know a little bit. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't even want to talk about it around him because I know it's got to be awfully strange. And uh, about a week ago on Instagram, you saw there was a post uh, that I regrammed from Sugar Ray Allen. Ray Allen oh, just yeah. randomly popped a, a photo up of the needle and basically wrote this very nice post about how crazy it is to him that there is not a team in Seattle. We've got to fix it. Kind of like Russell did when he got involved with the Chris Hansen group. Basically says, fans, come on, rise up. Make some noise. Let's let's fix this. We can actually fix this. I, I think there are, are several stories you could tell about some of the uh, players, the people that have been associated with Seattle over time. Jamal Crawford bless his heart, has kept yeah. the uh, heart of basketball beating in Seattle with the, the Pro-Am that he pays for uh, and basically sponsors right. uh, every summer and brings back uh, NBA All-Stars like Kevin Durant and Chris Paul and others to play in these games. I mean, he has done a lot for this community, not only with basketball, but some of the you know backpack giveaways, and he puts on a big uh, barbecue on July 4th, usually every year. I mean, he does a tremendous amount for this community, and it's sad for him in that he's getting up there in age. I mean, he's old by NBA standards, I think 36, 37 now. He probably will never have a chance to put on a Sonics uniform. Uh, but you would hope that somebody that has done that much in this community to try and keep sure. basketball uh, hopes alive will eventually be a part of some sort of NBA front office. Now we continue to talk about the arena or lack of arena situation because obviously the plot has thickened over the last couple of months. Uh, and just about every week, some new development comes forward. A week ago, we had city council saying to the Seahawks, 
hey, that they should go uh, pursue Colin Kaepernick, bring him yeah. in, that kind of a thing. That kind of lit the internet yeah. on fire with a lot of people going, wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You guys didn't want basketball, so why are you trying to help the Seahawks with their roster? Uh, and then just this week, you actually had a, an exclusive interview because, again, as we talked about between the three groups, between the two vying for position over at Key Arena and Chris Hansen and company across uh, the street from us here in Soto, now it's, you don't want to get say name-calling, but that is the level that we're at in their campaigns. Now it's to the point where they're circling around each other trying to point out their flaws and saying, hey, wait a minute, you know, Chris Hansen came out with that really great uh, you know, a breakdown about a week or two ago that said, you know, here's where they're at, here's where we're at. Boiled it down to yes or no's. Tax money, you know, will there be overruns? If so, is that on you or us? It's on us. Don't worry about it. So now you sat down and had an exclusive interview. Yes. Uh, which people can go find at king5.com. We're going to play it here in a moment. Uh, but uh, on the latest as... Now the key arena sides are trying to poke holes in each other's proposals. And, and we can just set this up by saying it, it was the AEG president, right. uh, Beckerman, who came into town the first time that he has talked about the key arena proposal and how important it is to his company. Here's what he said in front of a camera about key arena and, and some of the issues, transportation, public financing, and that kind of thing. All right, so what, uh, what are you doing in town, and, and what message are you trying to get across about your proposal? Well, we're here. We know the uh, decision is going to be coming down uh, from the city very soon, and this is a, a project that's really important to us. It's one that we feel we're in a great position to deliver for the city. This is a transformational project for city center, and it's one that we feel strongly about, and we feel we're, we're in a position to be able to, to deliver this. It's a big commitment. These are big projects, uh, but we think we have uh, a design and a model and a vision for Seattle Center. Uh, with a, a completely renovated key arena that would be a, a great asset for the entire city, and we, we want to get that message out. As you know, the city was asking for completely privately financed arena offers, and there's public financing in this. Why include the, the public financing ask? Well, we know that the, that the structure that we've proposed uh, is a little bit different, but I think if you look at it and, and you really really peel it back and look at the, the components of it, this, this is a proposal that has no risk to the city. Uh, it, it is public financing, but it is, is generated by streams that we're going to generate and we're going to backstop. So there's no, no risk to the city, there's no cost to the city. It's going to actually generate a surplus for the city, and we think that this is the best project and the best structure to deliver this project. Uh, long term and, and one that we know that we can execute and most importantly I think this is the structure that will enable an NHL and an NBA team to come back to Seattle and I think that's an important part of this and, and this structure is going to give us the best chance to be able to attract teams back to Seattle. The other big question that always comes up is people say hey I, I like the idea maybe of renovating Key Arena but I don't know how the heck I would get there. The transportation is uh, and traffic is just bogged down in that area, and it's a tough place to get to. So right. do you think this proposal does enough with uh, $5 million for transportation to really solve the issues there to get people in and out of the I, th I, th I think it does. The key is to get cars off the site and to have a multimodal transportation plan that involves rail and bike and ride-sharing and lift and getting cars out of the center of gravity there. And I think that's the important piece, and I think our, our plan can do that. And I think that that's what, what the city wants. And that's really, as you look at arena developments, that's where things are evolving to, is these multimodal transportation plans and to get cars off of the site and get people using alternate forms of transportation. The other thing that people also talk about is 
the NBA and NHL, if this is going to be a building built for the NBA or NHL, it may mean it's not going to happen for five years to have a team there. Uh, how do you how do you guarantee that there'll be an NBA or NHL team that would play in a building like this? Well, all we can do is build a great arena that is NBA and NHL re ready, and the NHL and the NBA have their own process that they'll go through when it comes to expansion, and I think we just need to abide by that and build a great arena, and Seattle is an unbelievable market, and I think the NBA and NHL would do fantastic here. And I think what we can do is not unlike what we did in Las Vegas, where we built an arena without a team commitment, demonstrated that the market was strong and that the arena was NHL ready, local ownership group emerged, went through the process, and now that team is going to be playing in Las Vegas in a matter of a couple of months. So I think what we can do is build a great arena. The market is already fantastic uh, and can support those teams, and, and I think we have a structure that will facilitate that and really enable that to happen if and when the leagues choose to expand. Okay, I have two more questions in our short amount of time. So uh, the, the Soto group released their own analysis of the three proposals and talked about the subsidies for uh, both OVG and for AEG in, in their estimation, and they they claim that there's over $200 million in public subsidy for your proposal. Do you agree with that math? No, I definitely don't agree with the math. I'm not sure uh, how they how they calculated all of that, but uh, I, we don't absolutely don't see it the same way at all, and I don't want to talk about other people's uh, proposals, but you know we view the financing proposal that we put in place as being at, at no, no cost and no risk. To the to the city or or the taxpayers, so we don't see two hundred million dollars worth of public subsidies in the in the proposal that we put forward. And the other question is, in light of what happened in Manchester, a lot of people are looking at stadium security, arena security. What can you do? Is there anything you can do to avoid incidents like that? As as a company that that is familiar with operating. Yeah, we have over 100 venues all over the world, and, and security is by far our highest priority, and we've committed significant resources. The, he the head of our global security used to be the head of Homeland Security in California, and this is a position that we brought on over a decade ago, and we make significant investments in security because securing uh, our fans is our number one priority. Is there anything that changes in, in the wake of what happened in Manchester? We, we have very strong practices in place. And obviously, as things evolve around the world, you have to adapt and, and do things to escalate what we do from a staffing perspective. Um, but it has always been our priority, and it continues to be our priority. So, Chris, again, if people want to uh, see this, hear more of it, they can go to king5.com, check out uh, all of the, all of your write-ups. You have been following this like no one else. What is your reaction after sitting down with him? Because I have my own skewed perspective. Yeah, so it, it's interesting. I kind of feel like there's a play-in game right now, so to speak, to yeah. use an analogy between AEG and Oakview. You already saw Chris Hansen's group kind of point fingers at the, those two groups, and now AEG is pointing the finger at Oakview, trying to pick apart their proposal. Right. Uh, what he is saying publicly is, you know, we just want to tell everybody how great our proposal is, why we uh, have decided to finance this uh, or try to get some sort of public financing. And what's interesting is he he's not trying to sell uh, the fact that they're going to solve all the transportation problems. Both AEG and Oakview have kind of backed away from that. Like, hey, we can't solve this. What we can do is try and encourage all the other forms of transportation, a multimodal transportation system. So AEG, when they say we're going to spend $5 million, it's on solving some of those pedestrian and bike and uh, trains and all those kind of things. Zip lines, Zip and lines. catapults. Um, yeah. so it, it, but 
what was interesting is while he, he was very positive on camera about his proposal, his group, which is combined with Hudson Pacific, they're calling themselves the Seattle Partners, released a nine-page analysis, side-by-side analysis of AEG and Oakview's proposals, and it throws all sorts of shade at Oakview uh, about whether they can actually finance it, whether right. they can actually construct it, the city paying for cost overruns, according to AEG's analysis, the city would be giving up all its parking revenue for years upon years uh, hmm. to Oakview, and and so they try to they're trying to raise all these red flags as they compete with the the other group to try and win over the city. And the city, it sounds like, is going to make a decision here by the meaning the mayor's office is going to try and uh, make a decision on a proposal on one of the proposals to forward to council by the first or second week of June. So just within a couple of weeks. So this. It appears to be the last push from AEG to try and win over people at City Hall and win over the mayor's office. And then once that happens, we have Soto versus the, the winning bidder, and that's another whole level to this story as that plays out in front of council. It sure seems like the momentum is all on the side oh, of yeah. the key arenas. And again, this is now kind of water under the bridge, which is the fact that the city has an obvious incentive to make good on Seattle Center, the crown jewel of the city. We don't want this uh, arena to sit there vacant. We get that. I'm seeing a lot of reaction from fans online now at the point of exhaustion to saying, look, it doesn't matter. Just whoever's going to bring a team back. And to me, which I've said a couple times before, I just get worried if people aren't paying close enough attention to the details that these proposals, certainly in the key arena side, are not basketball first. You know, they're, they're, it's right there in print saying arena, you know, concerts, music, all that stuff is, is already what we do so that's what we're going to do and if we can bring hoops in the mix great but i'm just afraid that people are going to say great if they got the momentum let's get behind them let's get key arena fixed up and then five years down the road we find out that that didn't include a basketball team well irving azoff who is uh, tim lywicki's partner uh he came out in the wall street journal to say key arena could be one of the best music venues in the world uh and it was all about music uh, Oakview, uh, Lance Lopes, and Tim Laiwicki kind of tried to back away from those comments that were in the Wall Street Journal a few weeks ago saying, no, we really do want to have the NBA and NHL here. But, uh, you know, they released a statement in response to AEG's allegations talking about all their connections, and they you can read that full statement online at king5.com. Uh, but it, it's, it's Which int- people should go do. I think it's important if you really are invested and you really care about whether or not a team comes back, don't dig deep into these documents and dossiers, but when they have these side-by-side comparisons, that's good education. Hanson's Group has one as well, so it sounds like they followed suit and says, all right, this is the world we're, we're living in. People want to eat this, not that. That's yeah. what this is. Here's where we stand, and people should go check it out. Yeah, and on top of all that, uh, even in the last uh, week since we talked, the city passed out of committee a new lease for the Seattle Storm, it was like a 10-minute meeting right. uh, about that, that involves some level of public subsidy uh, to keep the storm at Key Arena through 2028, and that will go to the full council here next week. So that looks like the storm, their future will be secured, but it adds this whole wrinkle to it about if they're forced to leave the building while there's any sort of renovation that the, the city would have to pay close to $8 million if they're, they're forced out for three years. The city would tell you, well, that's going to be on whoever the contractor is. So there's an additional cost uh, that's thrown into the mix of all this. But that's kind of a wrinkle, as is the the fact that the NCAA tournament is supposed to be there in uh, a couple of years. So 
I, I tell you, every week it seems like there is a wrinkle with this story. It's fascinating on many different levels, uh, and the city will make a decision, hopefully by the end of this year, is it going to be on the north end of town or is it going to be on the south end of town? A lot of wrinkles, a lot of deadlines keep getting pushed back. It seems like these dates are the distant future. I can't help but wonder what will happen first. Will we have NBA basketball in Seattle first, or will Jeff Bezos have colonized another planet first? On Twitter and Instagram, at Next Best Pod. Chris, I like you. I just don't think it was an incredible vocal performance. That's the point I was trying to make. This is the exclusive ending of the Next Best Podcast.